Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the 20th of May, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And on behalf of Dave Davies, I, Jim Hedger, promise there will be no jokes about Old MacDonald had a farm IO, 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 or anything trying to rhyme off um, IO or EIEIO or anything like that, even though it was kind of like, um, well, yeah, did, you, did, you, did you go to did you attend any of the Google I.O. sessions, Dave? I did. I did. And and I think it was a little more AIAIO um going on at uh broke you broke the promise. I didn't know, oh my god, I just made that. I know. I know. I Never know. trust well, the you, media, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been pretty much um glued to a lot of this one. Um it, it's been it's been really really fascinating to see what's uh, what's rolling out. But we're going to be getting into a bunch of these stories um, in 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 detail. Um, I think through. I, I don't even know where to start with what they're doing. It's really cool. I, th I think the first place to start is a really hearty thank you to Google for doing this in the first place. Um, how to how to say this? This isn't the first time Google's had a developers conference. Uh, Google I/O has been going on for several years, but this is the first time Google's had a fully open, free. Um, anybody who wants to show up can show up and participate. Conference of this magnitude, and uh, it's wonderful to look under the hood and to be shown under the hood and to get a a better understanding of. Uh, not only where Google's going, but how Google wants to understand itself, you know? Um, often, often one of the themes of this show is don't look at where Google is exactly right now. Look at what signals they're sending to where they're going to be in the future. And uh, I think that's exactly what Google did with uh, with I.O. The only problem I had with it, A, it's, you know, it's work hours <laughs> um, and we're really busy right now. Yeah. And uh, and B, it was a lot like listening to Charlie Brown's teachers sometimes when, you know, after 45 minutes of a presentation, because you're just, you're just so exhausted from listening for so long. Yeah. But thank goodness they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never, like I've watched past ones. And I mean, I, I catch sort of every keynote and then, you know, I mean, you're not sitting glued to the entire thing. Like, as you point out, we all do have day jobs. And I don't know, even during Google I.O., clients are like, we need you to do stuff, right? I mean, which which makes, you know, obviously that's that's our primary responsibility. Uh, and thank goodness we have people like Barry Schwartz going, I'll fill you in. <laughs> like at the end on that on that stuff you you missed. How does he do that? I don't know. I, I, yeah. He's got a day job too, eh? I think he has a clone, actually, is, is what I'm anyway. pretty sure happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's gotta be it. It, it, but uh, but a lot came out. And then there was the there's the two keynotes. And um, oddly, it was the, the developer-focused keynote as opposed to their, their general search-focused keynote that I uh, sort of was, was most interested in, I think. You know what? We're, we're going to dive into like a bunch of stuff here. Okay. I, I don't know. Where do we want to start? 
mom, do we want to start with Lamb MDA and, and why they named it like basically Lambda and why they're shooting the finger at Amazon like that? Or um, <laughs> you know, my, my favorite thing okay, out let's of Google I.O.? <laughs> go ahead. Okay, Frida, let's go with your favorite thing out of Google I.O. That was uh, Google's announcement on uh, on the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vertex. Vertex AI? Yeah. It What's this? Is What's Vertex AI? Awesome. I've been playing around with it a little bit. I have not been able to to um, get a model fully trained. I was trying to before this show. I'm like, okay, I want to get this like uh, fully fully sort of trained ML system. Um, wasn't able to do it just because like labeling just sometimes takes a while when you've got larger you know larger data sets. Anyway, basically, what anybody can do it, it it's sort of a, a machine learning for simpletons. Um, and I, I, I'm including myself um, among that. You can just look up Vertex AI. Um, but basically, it's just a place where you can go. Um, and, and as they call it, and it's absolutely right. It's why I wanted to walk through build, deploy, and scale uh, machine learning models. Um, they've got some pre-trained um, models already built in there, but you can use custom tooling. I, I'm not advanced enough to do that. Um, and basically, they, they step you through the process. Don't, it's not super simple. Um, but it's also not super complicated. And, and if you have any even passing interest in machine learning, highly, highly recommend. It's called Vertex, not Vortex, which I called it for the first like five times I used it in a sentence. Um, but they're on, on June 10th, they're also um, putting on a, a tutorial. You can register for free. I obviously already have um, where they'll sort of like walk you through things. But it, it's just, it's really, really cool. Um, and basically it, it just sort of, baby steps you through where you're walking through like a, a nice UI and going, the task I want to do is, okay, is it image classification looking for boundary boxes or is it image classification looking for like pixel borders or is it text, which was clearly the one I went to and going, I'm looking for entity detection, which as Jim, you know, and probably anybody who's listened is, is sort of one of my passions. And that's where the labeling sort of slowed me down a little bit was, was doing my entity labeling. But, um, you know, it, it sort of guides you through the system um, and what I found out just too late is they actually have some pre-trained libraries over at TensorFlow that you can you can sort of like loop in over in TensorFlow Hub and stuff like that that, that that connect in and can sort of fill in some of the gaps that are taking me some time. So anyway, if you're interested in machine learning, Vertex AI, just look it up, head over there, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll fill people in on sort of my explorations in it and how it helps me identify entities. And I'm starting with SEO and just going, take the top 20 pages, dump their content in there, label them properly. Does this help me predict um, what should appear on a page if I want to rank for a specific thing? That's just, I mean, this is a very limited test. It'll be conclusive in no way, but um, you know, just for, for, for passing interest as, as, uh, as my first experiment uh, run on the this is phenomenal. I'm look. I'm looking at this uh, uh, actually for 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 the first time. Um, I glanced at it as um, a headline, but didn't actually look under look into the uh, at, at at the page itself. So for those interested, cloud.google.com/vertex-ai, and that's v-e-r-t-e-x-ai, and um, like Dave said, this is a build your own machine learning build your own machine learning models um using uh, uh templates that google provides and oh my god um my favorite part of google io was the announcements around um mum mm -hmm. which is a great deal of machine learning um integrated into uh, uh figuring out in, in into uh search results figuring out how um 
to bring a multiplicity of factors, uh, including real-time factors into uh, figuring out real-time search results. And it, it occurs to me that um, to really work in the new Google environment, search engine optimization professionals are going to have to learn machine language and machine learning. And uh, this is this is going to be the platform for um, a generation of, 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 of SEOs, the starting platform. I think so. That's what I really, really like about this. Like I've, I've tried through more, um, you know, sort of complicated uh, platforms that I'm, I'm using just to like that lab. And so anyway, um, just to sort of like get, get my feet wet and, and roll things out. I think this one is much more approachable and will let people at sort of entry level, skill level, get the job done. I'm, I'm maybe slightly more above entry, but still pretty freaking low on the, on the like <laughs> trajectory. Um, and it will let us do bigger things faster. And I think for a lot of SEOs, why I think any SEO, especially technical or, or content, um, you know, SEOs, if you're doing content strategy, not copywriting, but content strategy SEO to just play with it. I don't think, you know, everybody needs to be a machine learning expert. Oh, heck not. I never will be. That's absolutely fine. But understanding how the machine works. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be very powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not an algorithm expert. But I have a good understanding of how Google works, and I need that right. to uh, to do right. my job. And this is this is how Google works, right. um, and how Google will be working in the future. And uh, I'm I'm I, I, I you know I I want to stop right now and just dive in and start playing with this. But yeah, <laughs> we still got we still have 45 more minutes to record, and we have hours and hours and hours of stuff to talk about that came out of Google I/O. Yeah. Um. A lot of a lot of um, a lot of new announcements came out. Um, as I had said, my favorite um, announcement is uh, is uh, 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 around the way Google is going to be processing information in the future. Um, it's called uh, Google Mum M U M, and the uh, Mum stands for. I don't want to get this wrong, oh, so I'm multitask this up on unified the... model. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, uh, multitask unified models, and this is the really cool thing is the, the 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 how Google will be bringing in information from like dozens of data points. Um, I think they, they they described it as akin to the machine learning they're using in BERT, except a thousand times more powerful. Uh, Bert was there to figure out um, how we were um, freezing um, uh, uh, search queries and, you know, trying to trying to find um, irregularities or what those irregularities in, in everyone's natural language means. Um, to do that, they had to pull information from a bunch of different places. This a thousand times more powerful. Like, I, I think the, the the cool example that that they use and have been has been trotted out in pretty much every article about it is um, the climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, climbing Mount Fuji example. Right. You're a tourist, you're in Kenya or you're in uh, in Japan, you want to go on a hike. You're the uh, Fuji and Kilimanjaro are apparently two very similar uh, 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 environments. Um, 
similar heights of mountains and similar uh, 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 climbs. So Google will know this. Google will know this because there's a world of information Google informs itself with, starting with the word mount and going from there. Um, for instance, if you're doing your search from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, you're clearly going to be a tourist in uh, Kenya and in uh, in Japan. Therefore, you're going to need this kind of information. So Google will start setting that up for you. Um, if you're doing your search from Albuquerque and you're looking for information on, on Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Fuji, you're going to need um, currency exchange. You're going to need a place to purchase uh, specific food types. You're going to need a place to purchase specific clothing types, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Google is now preparing all this stuff for any search for search query you yourself might be making. And that blows my mind. It is. It should be both fascinating, which it is very, very clearly. Um, and frightening um, for a lot. And, and when I say frightening, I mean, not just as, as it's standalone and we'll talk about another announcement because we've got nothing but announcements. <laughs> like there's just so much. That's what this whole week. That's what, that's what this whole show is uh, about. That, 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 that's right. Um, but with, when, when I think of it combined with Lambda and I'm not referring to Amazon, I'm referring to Google's LAMDA, um, <laughs> the, the, the concerns um, for publishers specifically in my mind, um, of having a system that is a thousand times more powerful than BERT at accumulating information, all the possible things you could want to know about that wonderful trip that you're about to take and, and, and understanding what it is and preconditioning it for you. And then you come up with Lambda, which is basically designed to be conversational and put all of that information into a construct for you. I think if I'm a publisher, I can't compete with that. I cannot put enough people writing, predicting for each individual use case to produce content better than Google will be able to produce it on their own without just scraping, but actually just understanding how everything's happening and then understanding where Dave is, exactly what you said, understanding where I am in, in, in space and time, and then just building a page for me and going, this is the article you want on this trip you're about to take. And that's that could be very concerning. Let me tell you what concerns me about all of that. The natural, I mean, the natural thing that's going to happen for folks like you and me is we're, we're in an arms race now. Um, I need to I need to get better and more granular tools. Not to understand the pages I'm working on. I mean, that's important too. Yeah. But I need to understand the people who might be coming to those pages. Yeah. And now I was reliable. I was sociology. I'm a sociology buff. I'm interested in people to have in my entire life, but... I mean, I got to get real interested in them. So interested that it's going to make me uncomfortable around privacy issues. Yeah. But that's what I got to do. That's, that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that always sparked me and they, they didn't get into it makes perfect sense. I've actually put out a, a question to um, a few of the folks at Google just on Twitter going, when are you going to open source this stuff? Uh, both mom and lambda like when are you gonna <laughs> like developers? I mean, um, oh, right. So, so we can take a peek and they will put their models out in dummy down like they did with in, Bert, in right time. like in a dumbed down version they'll they'll put it out there but they're both still in like pilots and betas i i don't blame them for not i'm just wondering is there a timeline because they will end up pushing them out that would be interesting but what i'd be very curious to know is yeah you're calling it a thousand times more powerful 
that that's all well and good. What is the computing cost? Like is a thousand times more powerful is great, but if that if the computing cost is so high that it makes that unattainable right now, like I mean, computing cost gets cheaper and cheaper and, and they get more and more efficient. But could you even deploy something like that in the next year or two at scale? Or is it just fun to play with right now and you'll fine-tune it and the real version that comes out will be 50 times more powerful? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a big leap forward, but is the computing cost so high? I have no idea. That's a tough question to answer, especially in light of um, changes that are happening technologically. Do you remember how Google used to, used to have these uh, really, really weird questions like how many how many gumballs could you fit inside a 747 uh, fuselage? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same kind of question, believe it or not. Um, well, it really depends on the fuselage. Is it a big 747 or a small 747? I don't know. But there's a finite amount of space. And that's what Google's trying to get, get at. That you, you know, you're, you're able to, to think around the, these kind of issues. One of the, Another announcement that came out of Google I.O. That, that seems innocuous. It just seems like an offhand comment. It was made by John Mueller. And I, I found it really interesting. Over half the URLs being crawled by Google right now are on the HTTP2 protocol, which um, rather than it being a um, request, deliver, request, deliver, request, deliver, um, bilateral communication between like uh, 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 your computer and the and the host server, mm -hmm. um, HTTP2 allows a whole bunch of streams to come down at once. So you're not just downloading one packet at a time, you're downloading a whole stream of packets at the same time, thus saving saving tons and tons of bandwidth and moving the web experience a lot faster. Well, if that's going to happen for the end user, it also happens for Googlebot. So Googlebot is are crawling some people's websites infinitely faster than, than, they're, than they were crawling traditional websites on the old HTTP, HTTP protocol. Um, so when you ask about how much computing power this new way of generating rankings of uh, this, this new massive AI machine learning um, artificial brain that Google appears to be making for every one of its users, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but that's what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. um, or at least a little piece of Google's giving you a piece of its mind specifically. <laughs> um, or maybe a piece of mind. Um, <laughs> if, uh, for Google to be able to, how to say it, when you when you think about how much computing process processing power it's going to use, remember the technology is is moving slightly in advance of it. Right. You know, HTTP two was announced five years ago, and it was so important at the time because Google was uh, there's only there's only twenty four hours in a day, and so much content on the web. Um, so for Google, this was way important because now it gets to do things twice as fast, three times, four times as fast. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and also, also, there's going to be a, sh a whole bunch more data out there now that we're moving into a um, a five uh, G world, a, a Internet of Things world, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, to 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 that point, and and um, one of the other might as well cover this now. Uh, one of the other announcements that I found really really interesting that really highlights why we can't really know. Um, one of their pie in the sky sort of projects was Starline. Um, what they what they were trying to do was was create an environment mm, yeah, where yeah. it was more um, immersive. This this um, video conferencing and, and things like that, basically trying to 
touch on. I don't think they're trying to torture me when I'm on client calls and go, let's make sure that you can all really be immersed in in, in this call. <laughs> um, and, and see, but rather when I'm chatting with you know my family and stuff like that, um, where they're using incredibly advanced 3D modeling, matching that up to the people, and it, it's requiring a lot of equipment this isn't just for everybody right now but the the goal is clearly that it will be eventually um and basically creating an environment with these special screens and and the holistic conversations back and forth where you're seeing a 3d version of the person you're talking to you can look them in the eyes and get that connection with them um you know they've got videos of it It, it, it's really really quite remarkable now why that ties to this story is the bandwidth required to communicate between these two points was massive but because they had to face that problem, they came up with compression rates to pull that bandwidth down by over 100 times. Like they, they, they managed to compress that over 100 times smaller just to get the bandwidth to travel. So this computing cost problem I'm talking about, I mean that in the short term. That's not going to be a long term problem. Right. But do we have time? And that's the only reason I'm bringing it up. But they do. Uh, the, the, every time we face a problem, most of the time, uh, we, we are remarkable at solving it. And Google is is fantastic at that as well as illustrated by by to me the wonderful thing is not that they can make the 3d model but the 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 problem they created for themselves and then their solution is what i find just just amazing there's a pied piper joke in there somewhere i guess it would be the third (laughs) pied piper joke i've made today (laughs) um okay there's uh we live in an age of miracle and wonders and dave and i are both in our truly amazed phase right now because google io just ended yesterday um But here's the truly amazing thing. we got to take a break. I, I, the studio desperately wants us to go to break. Um, on uh, Tuesday, the 18th, May 18th, 1991, Sir, Berner, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, before he became a Sir, turned on the world's first web server. It's in, uh, in, in Switzerland at CERN. And uh, that was the day that the World Wide Web, as we understand it today, was born. So in 30 years, we've gone from um, the halt and grind internet of the 1990s to holographic communication in 2022, 2023. We know it's coming in the near future. And machine learning that is advancing um, probably faster than we're able to keep up with it. And that gives us a whole bunch to talk about. But before we're able to do that, we got to take a break here on Webcology. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. You're listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the uh, 20th of May, 2021. Stick around. we got a whole bunch more from Google I.O. coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Content for your ears and everything in between. Only on WMR.FM. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Web Culture on WMR.FM. It is the 20th of May, 2021. This is Jim Hedgeford, as always, Media, and Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing. And really, the only thing to talk about on uh, on our show today is um, announcements from Google I.O. We're probably going to be talking the rest of the show about this because there was just so much interesting stuff that came out of there. And uh, I guess in this segment, we're going to get a little bit more practical stuff that... that um, Dave, me, and everyone are going to be using in their daily lives in the coming uh, coming future. Um, some of the more uh, work-related um, uh, uh, announcements that came out of I.O., not, not the fantastical stuff like holographic communications, and I am not talking to that hologram unless they're wearing a mask. I'm still really weird about that sort of stuff. Um, the Shopify partnership really interests me. Did you, uh, did you hear about that? Google's, Google is now in a partnership with Shopify to make it much easier for Shopify merchants to get uh, their products and product information to Google within a few clicks. It's kind of like uh, a Yoast SEO for WordPress, except um, Google Super Schema for Shopify. Yeah, I, I, it's not, I guess, something I, I chased down. Um, just as a note to go, I, I, it's one of those, I saw the title come across when I need to look at that. Cause I've got clients <laughs> you know, in Shopify. I'm like, mm-hmm. I gotta learn that. Uh, but as is probably pretty obvious from this one, the shiny thing to me was like vertex and stuff. And so I went like chasing off in my like shiny little direction, <laughs> uh, in, in what well, I was researching, so, you know, but here's the, here's the thing. You're not gonna have to learn a heck of a lot to uh, to use the new tools that Shopify will be introducing, but you do need to know how to work inside the Shopify environment. And Shopify is cool. I mean, I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the step up in content management systems. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I I'm still a WordPress um, open source dude at heart, but um, and and WordPress was was such a leap forward. But I'm sorry, Matt. The truth is, um, the world has upstaged WordPress. It's needed to. It's needed to evolve, and WordPress developers couldn't do it fast enough. And now we got the super bulky CMSs for like uh, e-coms, the big commerces, the evolutions, uh, the and and now the super one, the Shopify. And if you want to be an enterprise SEO, you need to you need to be able to work in these uh, in these environments. Yeah, well, and it, it, it makes it like, I, you know, right. Like I love WordPress for what it is and for what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. there will always be that little, like, I don't know, like GeoCities, right? Like, cause I, I don't, it's not that I'm saying WordPress is where GeoCities oh. was, but WordPress eventually will either adapt or die, right? Like over time, because yeah. it right now does, it's, it's a Swiss army knife of CMSs, right? Like it, and, and it does a great job. 
of having a little bit of everything. But to your point, if you're running e-commerce, for example, um, Shopify is easier. And with this integration, it gets even easier to like pipe your data. I, I like, I know creating the merchant feeds, like when we're working in Shopify, we'd move them from WordPress over to Shopify. It was like, and it just did it for us, right? <laughs> like it was like, all I need to do is just go and change the feed. Um, you know, there was, there was really nothing. Oh, and then just, you mean you just basically fills in, fills in all the schema for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It you just give it the information, kind of does it boom, it's, it's doing it. Um, yeah. And you're right. Each sector has its own thing. I work a lot in, you know, as, as probably regularly listened to, I work a lot in power sports. They each have their own CMS. Some are better than the others. I'm obviously not going to publicly say which ones I like better than others, but, um, <laughs> you know, cause I don't want to like upset any you know, of our, of our, of our clients, developers, but, um, oh, indeed. <laughs> you know, at, at the same time, um, you know, do they do a better job than WordPress would? Well, with some of the complicated things that are very niche specific, yeah, they do. Um, so you're right. Like there will always be a soft spot. I know this isn't Google IO stuff. Always be the soft spot for it, but they may get eclipsed if they don't actually turn around and start to specialize. If they keep relying on, on plugin developers to do that for them, they may find themselves sort of a little mile wide inch thin. Uh, for, for Well, and, and, and let's, let's, it's worth saying um, if you're running a smaller shop, uh, even a smaller e-com, WordPress is may well be the direction you should be going in and should be staying in. Um, like the the larger CMSs, the e-com CMSs, they're for serious e-com businesses. They're oh, um, they're 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 nasty to use, and they're they're not nasty. I shouldn't say they're not nasty to use. They're not nasty at all. But there's the a learning, learning curve. curve's a little steeper. Yeah. Um, and one of the great oh. things that I think if you're not a designer, like one of the things that I've read, I still recommend WordPress, like the next version of our site will be WordPress again. After that, it, I think I'll be switching to, I don't even know what, cause it'll be, it's probably something that doesn't exist yet. But uh, one of the things that I think it really is nice if you're not developing it yourself is I could probably open my window, throw a rock and hit a WordPress developer. I don't mean that I want to hit WordPress developers. I just <laughs> Indeed. There's so many of them. You're not going to find yourself. Sometimes stuck. I do <laughs> okay some of them yes uh, but those aren't real sometimes developers. You do. You know. those are like i can install a theme kind of kind of people i'm talking about like <laughs> developers um you know so you're not going to find yourself stuck which you can in many other cms that have a, a less robust developer community um which wordpress has a lot of and if you get the right ones yeah. like it, it, it you can get some amazing amazing things done if you found one that can build their own theme for example, okay, now you've got a different a different sort of kettle of, of, of fish, and it's it's a much different environment than than what you would find right now. But at the same time, the price tag's going to be huge. So, but for those developers and for those people, if you can work in the WordPress environment, you can. I again, I I don't want to say things that make WordPress sound limited or small or whatever, but I'm going to use the word anyway. You can graduate to. Uh, more robust environments, more robust e-com environments quite easily because you already know your basics. I'm not a developer. Like I, I, I bow down to developers because I go to them really frequently saying client X has a problem and they need to fix this, 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 and this, and I ain't the guy to do it, but you are. Um, please. And, and, and um, to, to, Okay, I, I I know this guy in the Victoria area. He's a great developer in the um, smaller, uh, 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 in the in the in the 
how does, I, I, I dislike diminishing words like smaller, but anyway, in, in, in places like Joomla, Joomla, WordPress or whatever, if, 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 if this developer would just make up his mind to, to dive into the big shopping carts, his client base would change radically from uh, small local clients to big national transnational brands because those are the people using the large shopping spaces. Um, why did we go there? What, what was that? Oh, that's because Shopify made a deal with Google. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> funny, and, how uh, funny that. Yeah, our our listening audience is probably like, "Oh, they went off on a tangent." Surprise. <laughs> um, um, but so anyway, Shopify is going to enable merchants to become uh, to deliver high in high intent. Con- to become discoverable to high intent consumers across Google search, shopping, YouTube, Google images, and more, said Google. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, Fortunately, I do have clients on it, so I'll get to sort of like watch it, which will be interesting. But uh, yeah, you never quite know how these things are going to go. But you do know when Google goes, here's how you give us what we want. You just go, yeah, okay. It's like where they're like, we added this schema. It's like, all right, time to do that. And occasionally you get kicked in the butt like a Google authorship, but most of the time, or or like a Google Plus profile, but most of the time you're following good advice. Um, Interesting you should say authorship. There's been so much controversy in the community about what authorship is and what authority is and, you know, how Google determines it. And uh, interesting piece by Roger Monty in today's uh, Search Engine Journal. Um, and what he's doing is he's, he's looked at the MUM announcement and he's gone back in his memory to uh, recent machine intelligence and machine learning research that was published by Google. And he, he looked in there and tried to see if he could come up with anything that might uh, shed light on what Google's trying to do with, 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 with MUM. And he came up with this uh, one paper written by a researcher named Donald Mettler that uh, is titled um, Reimaging Google Search, Making Experts Out of Dilettantes. (laughs) I love the title of that. Um, The way Google worked was it would match up your query with pages that had relatively similar information on it and pull those pages out, score them, based on some sort of criteria, one of which was a sense of authoritativeness, mm-hmm. sort of, <laughs> um, and then and then rank them. Um, Google is now, by pulling information from a multitude of sources in real time at the same time, I think Google's, got, Google's get, gotten around... Um, having to have a specific author in that um how to say this in that it it it, it it's got a mum means that google's going to have a wider breadth of information to draw from and not just stuff it finds on the web um finds on in, in its own index um stuff that's being fed to it like weather like weather data real-time weather data um Anyway, all of that is to say authority is going to change when it comes to Google. And check out Roger's piece in uh, SEJ Today. 
I can see Dave, you want to jump in with something and I just keep no, no, trying no. to find a way to, to close what I'm saying. No, go for it. Well, okay. Uh, find the piece, uh, find Roger's piece in SEJ today. Think about um, Google pulling from multiple sources and how it tries to answer questions today um, when you're trying to figure out how it wants to answer questions tomorrow. Uh, one of the ways uh, uh, Roger tried to explain mum was the concept of long form answers, where you have to use um, six, seven, eight different points of data to construct the answer to a complex question. Um, can we play hockey on the on the pond today? That actually requires a lot of different inputs. How thick is the ice? How cold is it outside? How many people do you got? Uh, um, there's three different inputs to answer that question. You know, I, 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 you got me like now. Just my brain is just tearing <laughs> down a whole, a whole different path because I'm like, okay, so I, I don't want to waste the, the the time of our of our listeners by sort of thinking out loud. Um, one of the areas that I think shopping will be graphs. Oh, okay, shopping graphs like those. Um, one of the, the areas that. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the 20th of May, 2021. And uh, you remember, I don't know if any of y'all remember back in the old days when they had commercials on TV and you were watching something and just when it got to the exciting part, boom, they went to commercial. Well, we weren't there, but we did go to commercial anyway. Um, we're having a we're having a bit of a delay on the on the uh, on our call, and so um, it's a little bit of weirdness in the in the rhythm of the show. Um, so okay, so we was we were talking about um, uh, the multiplicity. Roger's paper, the multiplicity of places that Google's going to be pulling information from. I wanted to jump to uh, to uh, 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 Google's shopping announcement. Um, 
mostly because um the, the shopping graph i mean mostly because again it just it, it it talks about so many data points that google's going to be pulling to to get information on uh on, on, on products that it's indexing um did you uh did you get to to, to take in much about the shopping graph i haven't taken in very much on it i know the the like a over on SEL, like I've looked through the the article, but I've really quite honestly only skimmed it at this point. Well, it looks a lot. It looks like when they use the term the graph, um, to me, that means they're pulling information that isn't necessarily going to be made public, but they're using it to construct their the data sets that are used to to make the search engine results that we see in relation to our to the queries that we make. So with Shopping Graph, Google is going to be looking at um, a lot more points to suss out um, as much information about any specific product that matches user query, merchant's website, prices, reviews, videos, um, SKUs, inventory data, uh, both user and uh, product reviewer reviews, and a number of other points. Um, I guess basically the bottom line here is if there's a schema for it, use it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> just, I think. Yeah. Um, um, Google, if Google's saying, give us advanced data in this format, give them the advanced data in that format. There's going to be, um, like, like Jason Bernard has become the guru of knowledge graph. There is soon to be a, um, uh, 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 going to be masters of the shopping graph uh and th these are going to be like like master e-tailers that will be um i don't probably promoting their services seos yep. that's what that announcement sh tells me there's a whole new career field out there and it's going to be fascinating i mean all of these things are and it's just another one of those cases and i can't help thinking about it and I, we sort of talked about it a little bit on this show in, in previous episodes where back when you and I got our start, what was it, like 99, 90, I think you were before me in like 97 or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. You, you did your paid search on Overture. You probably did, you, you built a, a few little like websites and, and, and it, like, I mean, like for a client, like you did all of these things and you optimized the pages and you wrote the, you did all of it. And now here we are talking about a subset of a subset and that there will be experts in that that get hired just for this <laughs> like tiny little branch because there will be so much money and, and skill, like both money in that branch and skill required to do it well. Um, yeah. that, that we'll end up with, with experts that fine-tuned. And I, I find it just fascinating, um, you know, as I'm sure do, does everybody. That's why our industry is so awesome or, or one of the, the great many reasons. I like to think it's the people first, but then that we get to be constantly challenged and, and refining what we're doing. And this is just another great example of that. something that wasn't even a thing people would be experts in a week ago. And now all of a sudden you're predicting and probably accurately so, we're going to end up with people who specialize just in this. I wouldn't have predicted Jason Bernard's job would have existed a couple of years ago either. Then he started to do it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like SEO light. Right now I'm going, oh, no, you actually <laughs> like are like you, you have found a master very, niche. very specific. And it is very, yeah. very important. And the data he has on how entities connect between each other is is, is far beyond what, what many people um consider and look at so yeah it, it's just really really interesting 
well, again, you, you, you remember um, we were almost going 15, maybe even 20 years ago when Cindy Crum comes on the scene talking about mobile being the the environment we have to think about about 10 years before mobile was actually the environment we have yeah. to think about. And um, she was right. It's now everything. Um, Jason, seven years ago, coming on the scene as the uh, knowledge graph guy. Um, and in the last, what, three years, I'm sorry, he came on the scene five years ago as a knowledge graph guy. In the last three years, like, that's ultra important. Yeah. And it's neat how automation, you know, yeah, autom- a lot of the jobs that we did in the early days of SEO have been automated. You're not going to ever do them again. Thank goodness. Thank God you'll <laughs> never do that job ever again. But they've spawned four or five or six new jobs. Right. So... It's terrifying seeing your world change because there's computer software that I'm a writer. I'm terrified of AI. But at the same time, there's going to be more opportunities that come just because that tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, indeed, indeed. Lastly, about last major announcement from Google I.O. that is going to... uh, have an effect on product and shopping and all that. So it's Google Lens, and this is really cool. Hold a soup can up to your camera. Run that through Google Lens. Google will give you all the product information on that soup can, including the price of the Andy Warhol painting about it. Yeah. Yeah, their, their, their discussions there are really, really interesting. And it is used far more than I thought it was like the, 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 the power and, and then the way they're advancing into it. Um, it, from what they're alluding to as well in the fall, when, um, when the Android 12 comes out, um, we're going to see some major enhancements, uh, moving forward. One of which that I, I think I love the most, I believe it's about 40% less power consumption, which personally, I just think is great. <laughs> um, just to give that, I, I'm not even thinking of battery conservation. I mean, that, that part is, is awesome as well, but just anytime you say power, it means you can do more stuff, right? Like we're all probably going to consume the same mm-hmm. amount of power. The apps will do it for us, but we'll be able to do more stuff for the same amount of time. Um, but there are some really, really interesting enhancements coming there, and they're really reflective of what, including um, your, your comments on Lens, how we query, um, like how we are now interacting in a very different way. And I think it's very important for all of us to remember, and Google's adapting, and we, we need to remember to do that, is the way human beings are actually functioning with our devices and our environment is fundamentally different. We can't think keywords because we're not thinking of a keyword. We're never entering a keyword. We're taking a picture of a soup can because that's the query we want, right? Like how do you possibly define that in, in like your, your Google ads keyword planner? How are you looking up that one, right? Like you're not, it's never going to show up. Um, and there are billions of times per month that the query is that image that you're talking about, right? Like, okay, that's, this is a, very, very different environment that we're marketing in. Um, and and it's the, the intents are different. Everything's different. And I think it's just like as, as a shopping and to talk about shopping again, like how exciting to just be able to go, I'm just going to take a picture of that person because I want those pants. <laughs> like, and I see that person's doing it and click, there it is. You know what? I mean, we think about this as natural. This is a world where you can take a photograph of a check and have that check deposited in your bank account five seconds later. Yeah. So 
don't tell me I can't take a picture of a consumer product and get a very reasonable set of um, feedback, set of results based on that image. Heck, the banks think the banks can do image recognition. Um, yeah. I got a feeling that Google's tech department is slightly more powerful than the banks, although it's hard to tell. I mean, it's debatable. Banks are pretty damn powerful, but. Um, <laughs> But again, well, if, they, if they can, if they, if it works in the financial system, it has to work in the in the product systems. If memory serves me correct, going back to last year's I/O, and I might I might be wrong here, so don't quote me on this one, folks. But I believe it was last year's I/O um, where they were starting to touch on the capabilities of going, you know, sort of here's my outfit. Now find me other items that would fit my fashion sense. Mm -hmm. you know, there, there was it was part of a bigger announcement, but that was one of the things that I sort of took away and went, "Oh, that's handy." If you're really stuck in, I really like the way I dress, and I don't want to change it, but I want a different version of it, then then that's a, a you know a, an interesting sort of tweak. What we're seeing here, cascading that into a much more utilitarian, and by that I mean practical, <laughs> um, sort of function, um, you know. Here we go again. Now we're getting into yet another thing that I'll bet we will see people specializing in. Product image. How do you make sure that when a picture is taken based on the common way that human beings take that picture, how do you make sure your product is the one that's most easily recognized? You have to take a million pictures of yours to make sure Google fully understands that what it looks like crinkled up on a floor versus like from all the different angles versus on a mannequin versus on, you know, do we have to do that? Uh, that will be something that experts will figure out in, in that specific subset of a subset of optimization. Very, very likely. Um, very, very likely. Um, what a weird world, eh? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. shifting gears, we have probably eight minutes left, and this is the last of the announcements that came out of IO, and this isn't earth shattering anything. As a matter of fact, I think, I think most people would, would have assumed this was coming, and guess what? It is. Um, page experience ranking is going to be coming to the desktop environment. Everything has been built up mobile recently, and you've this, 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 this actually is important. Okay, you must have these clients too. You got business clients, B2B tends to be a desktop environment because when I'm at my desk, I'm using my desktop, not my mobile. I don't do a lot of business over my mobile device. Um, I do my business on my on my desktop, yeah, my desktop computer. So most of my B2B clients um, resent being measured in the mobile world. They resent um, the, the efficacy of, of, of their pages and their offerings being measured against how somebody would see it on a mobile device when nobody who goes to their website looks at their website on a mobile device. Nobody. Right. Yeah. Like 3% like of the traffic is mobile. Okay, again, mightn't seem like a big deal, but when you have um, product catalogs for industrial machine suppliers, uh, machinist suppliers yeah. that just are these series of numbers like never ending, go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, um, that does not translate to a mobile environment. There's just no possible way to do that. You, you can't. Yeah. I've tried. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so Google hearing the um, plea of industrialists across America is relaxing the mobile first and only rule. And it's going to be mobile first still, but it's not necessarily going to be mobile only. How that's going to work and when it's going to start is still up in the air. But 
Google was Google was heartened to learn that over 60% of SEOs had clients work on and improve core web vitals before the anticipated uh, mobile experience update that was supposed to happen in May 2021, but might happen in June or maybe August or September. We're really not sure yet. Is, is that, are, are we sure yet? Um, <laughs> From what I know, they the, actually the, described it very well, is it will be June and it's rolling out through August. And I liked the way they described it. Um, he, he discussed it as <laughs> when you're flavoring a dish that you're cooking. And you start a little bit and you see how that goes. And you add a little bit and you see how it goes. Yeah. So clearly they don't really know where it's going to be in August. It's not like a rollout where they've gone, we're rolling it out like this. They're going to start with a pinch of salt. <laughs> They're going to taste it. They're going to see how that goes and then add another pinch if it needs more. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this happens. The, the important point, and I think especially the important point for Google was uh, Six of ten, um, sixty percent of the of, of, of SEOs had their clients working on making making uh, the page experience better, making it load faster, making it not dance around so much as it loads, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so Google is um, a this is successful. Google's probably not going to shelf this shelf this like two or three months down the road, like they have a whole bunch of other initiatives. Um, and B. Um, maybe a faster better web that they're helping create yeah. but what have you ever wondered what happens if there isn't enough signal to go back to google about how they should score your page in uh in uh, uh core web vitals i have like you only get four or five that. visits a month yeah. yeah you have well have. we have an answer for you in case you've oh, wondered right. um so Google Google figures out Core Web Vitals based on uh, on user experience on on what users actually do on page, which they said they never do, but now they're sort of kind of doing. If they don't have enough data coming back to you, there's only like five or six visitors a month, then they'll group a whole bunch of similar pages together and get an average from that, and then score that across all the pages. So if you have a limited number of visitors, Core Web Vitals is still important to you because Google's looking at your at your website holistically and scoring you that way rather than looking at individual pages. Right. So make your site fast. There you go. <laughs> did you have your, uh, yeah, make your site fast. That's, that's bomb. Did, did you have your clients um, get kind of obsessive about uh, page speed for a while there? I, I did. I still am. There's there's still other like some that I'm I'm still working with, with that had complicated problems. I do try and remember, and it's as I've explained to them. I, I don't I don't know if the analogy works for for everybody, but it certainly works for me. Is it, it goes back to that old joke: if you're camping, and a bear <laughs> starts chasing. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the campers, right? Like look around at the ecosystem. Like I've created dashboards in, in um, data studio to go, here's how you compare to your top competitors. Here's how all of your metrics are comparing with your competitors. So just make sure that when the bears chasing you, these four are slower than you and the bear will eat them first, right? Because you're being compared with these metrics to Google. You're being compared to Wikipedia. You're being compared, you're being compared to a bunch of sites that are irrelevant to you and that have like budgets for this that are different and just have differently structured sites. Um, so that, that part is important, but at the same time, I have sort of back of my hand hit 60%. 50 is the like goal, like get as high as you can, but 50 is the starting point of, you know, okay. So make sure you don't just cross that line because you're going to do something stupid later. So make sure you hit 60. So when you do a stupid thing, you can drop a bit and still stay above that benchmark. 
that's pretty much it for the show this week. I think that's pretty much it for all the stuff from Google I.O. We got a couple minutes left on the uh, on the show. Anything else happened that you found exciting in the SEO world this week? Um, not outside of I.O., Tough but something one, huh? I, I touched on it earlier. Um, one of the other announcements um, that I was that I, I touched on a little bit was Lambda. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I highly recommend folks just just read up on it It, it's very very fascinating um what i find really neat about this technology it's more meant on the conversational side which is why i alluded to it combining with mum to create a a, a frightening sort of content creation system it won't be lambda and mum at the time it'll be more advanced things but um basically what it produces is every time it answers a question it opens itself up to being able to answer a whole multitude of the next questions it's just why i think it, it syncs up nice with mum is just understanding all the different things that are going on to allow you to now comment on the next thing and then it'll like branch out from there and then pull in the, the whole next range of possibilities it produces a much much more conversational impact like they, they have videos of the conversations at the same time they also sort of have their bloopers video um and, and there's a bunch of those it is not incredibly well trained yet and the bloopers are, are pretty hilarious um but it, it's going to be a, a a groundbreaking um adjustment to how we interact um with our personal assistants and, and interact with the web yeah lambda lambda is all about um figuring out conversation and um figuring out the weirdnesses that get added to conversation that might seem out of context unless you know a bit about the subject uh, a subject they use is um i just learned how to play guitar oh that's really cool my mom has a martin she loves to play right yeah well, what does that mean exactly well you have to know <laughs> that martin it makes great guitars right um I imagine a lot of the stuff that Lambda is coming up right now is blooper written, but oh, yeah. um, it will improve over time. But this is this is going to be um, how to say it. Uh, not that I wouldn't say it's Google's starting point because clearly they started quite a while ago. But this is their public starting point. The stuff that they're showing they're showing quite openly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, For every one of those, it. you know, there's ten. They're not, and yeah, learn it. We're going to have to talk a lot more about it, but, but, but we'll have to leave you with blog.google slash technology slash AI slash Lambda, L-A-M-D-A. Or just go to Google, type in uh, Lambda, tech, uh, Lambda AI and get fascinated with whatever comes up. That's it. We got on full clock. It is the 20th of May, 2021. Most, well... Uh, almost half of our populations have been vaccinated at least once against COVID. Um, much of America has been vaccinated twice against COVID. We are almost turned the corners. But we're not out of the woods yet. Keep masking, keep social distancing. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, for goodness sakes, go out there and get it done. Get vaccinated. Let's get our uh, our society back and let's limit the the spread of what could be a long-term debilitating disease that still might mutate. But friends, it's been a year and two months and we're almost in the clear. It's such an amazing feeling. So on that, um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. Stick around the network. There's more great content coming up after these messages. Stay safe, rank well, and we'll talk to you next week.
opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast.